0: Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins.
1: This is Shirley Manson.
0: This is Low Torrest, Commander of the Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. Keep the music flowing. We'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and Beat the Stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. Everything about this moment in history seems uniquely designed to challenge our mental health. We are suffering. We need answers, and we need help. That's why I'm so thrilled to be partnering with Sound Mind Live and Consequence of Sound to host their new podcast series, Going There. I'm Dr. Mike Friedman, clinical psychologist and life coach. With Going There, I will talk with musicians who struggle with their mental health, just like us. After all, mental illness affects us all and the same artists who have stepped up to share their wonderful work with us are now sharing the intimate details of their journey in living with mental illness. We are going to ask the tough questions, and we're going to have the difficult conversations, all so that we can learn from each other. But more importantly, to shine a light on the difficult topic of mental illness so that we can all come out of the darkness and get the care we need. So we hope you join us on this journey. Going there the crossroads where music and mental health meet.
2: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sounds, and the Consequence Podcast Network. First off, thank you so much for uh, making your way over here, checking out this series, uh, however you found us. I do hope you like what you hear enough to hit the subscribe button, uh, because we put out three new interviews every single week, a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you want to keep up with your favorite artists, if you want to discover some new ones, if you want to know what's happening in the music world, You can subscribe to us at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or YouTube, where you can find the video versions of these interviews as well. Kyle Meredith, and today I'm talking with The Staves, the trio of sisters are back with a record called Good Woman. Uh, We're going to hear about what it was like making uh, this album in personally volatile times. You know, a lot of the times we're talking about what's going on in the world, but uh, really their own lives were flipped upside down in the past few years after the passing of their mother and sister Emily's pregnancy, which led to a point where they really considered if they even wanted to continue. But luckily they did. They called up uh, producer John Congleton who's done some amazing work with like St. Vincent and, and everybody else. And, and, and I want to hear about what new tricks he brought to their game. Uh, experimenting with their sound, we hear there's a little bit of a inspiration from the war on drugs, and, and really just becoming more honest in their songwriting. You'll hear a lot about that, uh, not being afraid to speak their truth. So let's jump into this and talk about this record called Good Woman. It's Kyle Meredith with The Staves.
1: Oh, oh, thank you. Hi, uh, yeah, we're well. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, we're doing okay. We're still here. We're still going. <laughs> still existing.
2: <laughs> that's that's the point. That's the good news right there. Well, again, congratulations on this record with uh, with Good Woman. It's such. There's so many layers and so many amazing things happening in this. So many interesting moments, aurally, lyrically, the whole thing. I mean, it's as a fan, I think it's everything that you want out of a record. Um, I, I, oh, I know God. the road to get here wasn't easy uh and and there is some backstory there's uh, there's a weird thing to start out with but you know there's birth there's death there's heartache mm-hmm. there's everything going on in a moment like this like how important does songwriting become does it have to be pushed off to you know the back seat of your lives or did it become sort of the escape in itself
3: i think i think initially uh, i think there's kind of a uh a romantic idea that I wanted to have of like finding my escape in music and being able to just pour everything out but in reality I think it takes a little longer and I had to just push it to the back seat for a while and then when I was ready then I could
1: uh, unleash hell <laughs> yeah I mean Birth and death and all those things. I mean, just the usual things that albums are about, right? <laughs> you know. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, for us, I think, you know, we lost we lost our mother and it was um, a, a complete shock to us. So we had to, and that was two years ago and we really needed to take a break at that point. And we had tried to carry on at this point, we were demoing the record, and we'd already assembled most of the record by that mm. point and we'd been self-producing. And we tried to carry on for a bit and went to the studio and I think had an idea that it's what she would have wanted us to do because our, our mum was our biggest fan and you know our, our best friend and was so supportive always of, of anything we did, but you know especially the fact that we' decided to work together as, as sisters mm. in a band. And we had some, some idea of maybe carrying on, you know, for her sake. And soon you realize that you have to just do what you need to do uh, when it comes to these, you know, huge events that happen in your life. So mm. we ended up taking some time out and I think felt quite adrift. We would parted ways with our management at that point. And um, I think that it's kind of that thing when you take your foot off the gas, you slow down and then you've, forget how you ever did it in the first place and Mm. you know you lose momentum and it was like are we going to finish this record are we even going to be a band anymore what are we doing is it even good do I even like the songs who am I (laughs) what am I doing (laughs) and we ended up reaching a point where we'd been given enough time and space from our uh, by our label and everyone that we'd worked with we were very lucky that they were very sympathetic and and gave us that time to to grieve and to heal and during that time we found out that Emily who's not on this interview today, uh, was pregnant and was having a baby and she's had a baby girl. So it was like, it just brought so much joy and, and love into our lives, having this new addition to the family. And it, I think it really brought us all back to life.
3: Yeah, definitely.
1: And then we, um, we got in touch with John Congleton when we felt ready to go back in the studio. And he's produced uh, albums that we love by St Vincent and by Angel Olsen and Sharon Van Etten. And John just kind of gave us I think a confidence boost. He was just saying, you know, you guys are on the right track. This stuff's good, and I think you have something to say, and I'm I really want to hear it. And let's let's finish it. And so and so we did. So that's kind of God bless him. Kind of the journey, I guess we've been on.
2: Congleton. I mean, I'm, I'm such a fan, of course, of what he's been doing this past decade and everything. He he's really good about. Um, um, experimentation without going too extreme Mm. like I think he still understands the song you know to, to, to be in there absolutely yeah I'd be curious as to you know maybe specifically like what new tricks did you all pick up from him
3: well I kind of think aside from um I don't know not speaking specifically about specific ideas but I do think that the overall energy and principles of how he works are so good and so healthy he doesn't we tend to uh we can spin ourselves out and overthink things quite a lot and dawdle and he's just the antithesis of that he he was just this real shot of energy that shot in the arm a shot in the arm and he just yeah he's very with every sonic decision that he makes he doesn't half-heartedly do it he really goes for it and is really confident in his decisions. And I think that was a really great energy to be around. Yeah.
1: And I'd and like to kind of learn from that. I think as a mission statement for the record, it became quite clear as we were assembling the songs over the last few years, that we were being a lot more honest, I think, lyrically. And and I think bold was the word we kept using. We, we didn't want to be afraid in the studio um, to, to just try stuff and push, push things to the limit. Um, hmm. And, you know, Reach out and kind of experiment and and take things a little further than we have before. So John really was the best person to do that with. Um, he's really open to your ideas mm. and really committed to you know trying stuff out rather than having his own kind of agenda of how he wants things. So it was it was really lovely to work with him in that way. Mm. And also you know we disassembled a lot of these demos and had a lot of ideas already there. So it's sometimes a difficult. Position for a producer to come in at a later stage at a record, yeah, and not want to kind of put their own stamp on it and change everything. And he was so sympathetic to what we'd already done, so it was yeah. I mean, it was it was just perfect. Yeah, it ended
3: up being a good kind of patchwork of everything mm -hmm. that we'd done before and everything that he bought
2: Mm. Yeah, it is interesting because when I listen to it, like. Like right when Best Friend started, I thought, oh, that's that's interesting. I can hear a little bit of maybe what you guys were doing with Y music, you know, mm-hmm. a, a little bit in there. But otherwise, the thing that struck me with this record is I don't hear a lot of musical references, a lot of musical touch points. Like you know, with some albums, you're like, oh, I bet they were listening to, I bet mm-hmm. they were listening to Bowie, whatever. You know, that doesn't really, I, I don't really get that a lot from this one. I, I, and it, was that the case? I mean, did you all find yourself saying that, oh, let's try? this because of whoever did that?
1: I I think that there's probably influences in there. I I myself, I think partly because everything took, everything happened over quite a long period of time. Mm. So it wasn't this condensed period of working that's kind of summed up by exactly what you were listening to at the time. And certainly, like you said, it wasn't like, we listened to this David Bowie album and this is how we want our record to sound. It definitely was, was an amalgamation of, I think a lot of living and experiencing I mean, I guess there's um, there's a song called Satisfied on the record and I think I was leaning into the war on drugs for me, for the, for the production for that one. That was something that I, I was into. But I mean, really, you don't want to sound arrogant like it exists in this vacuum and we're just these creatives that take no inspiration from anyone. But there definitely wasn't kind of one leading thing at all.
3: Yeah, I think the main leading thing was just wanting to, when we could, more than emulate something But, I don't know, try to play with sonic space a little Mm bit, like try and use field recordings and along with more close up vocal sounds and things like that, just to, I don't know, to make the listener feel like they're jumping into lots of different spaces.
2: Well, uh, you can hear though. I I do love the, the, the concept of adding the field recordings in it. It really does make it this whole piece. You know, and, and I don't know if it's meant to be listened. I mean, I guess as an album, I think most artists would hope to be listening to as one piece. But even when you look, even at just a track list, I mean, you know, the way it's laid out, paralyzed, devotion, failure, satisfied, <laughs> trying. Like at any point, did you all think, is this telling a linear story a- at all?
3: Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I think that definitely when we were kind of throwing out all the, all the titles and thinking about the track listing, we definitely did realise that,
1: man, there are some um, pretty, pretty real titles there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, lyrically, we'd been the most honest on this collection of songs. And even looking back at the last two records, even the album artwork was, was quite obscure. We were quite obscured in there. And the first record, it was illustrated album artwork. The second one, we're like in the distance in sort of silhouettes. Whereas this one, we decided to just put our faces on it and really fill up <laughs> our space it, in a way of just really owning up to what's on there. We're not trying to hide beti- behind anything anymore. We're older now; life's too short. You have to say how you feel and not be afraid to, I guess, to speak your truth.
2: There's a lot of that on there, and compliments on the first single as well with with Good Woman. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's it's oh, such thanks. a you know powerful statement. I, I was thinking that you know. It's become an outdated thing now for, you get a lot with a lot of guys, you know, the the, the old songs about what it meant to be a man, and that just seemed so... Mm you know when you hear those songs now it's almost like an eye roll and and to hear the flip on that you know to I guess a sense of power I'm obviously saying this as a white guy coming at this angle but uh
1: (laughs) how dare you but it's it's
2: easy to feel exactly what you guys were talking about and I think that's what I mean by the strong statements that's heard throughout this record I mean it is a powerful album and and I can't compliment you guys enough on that
1: oh thank Thank you you. I'm so glad
3: I'm so glad that you responded to
1: it yeah and and I think you know the album's called Good Woman but it's it's also about it's not just you know gendered it's about the idea of being a good person and what that means and there's a song called Trying on the Record and at one point we thought that might be what we called the album because it's this idea of isn't everyone just trying their best isn't everyone just trying and not necessarily achieving maybe we're failing along the way but life sometimes feels like it feels like that but then we thought that was quite a downer album title so um good woman felt like it, it it kind of summed everything up especially with you know the our sister Emily having her baby daughter um and thinking about our mother it was it was this idea of of womanhood being so ever present and ingrained you know inherently in what we do but I think that you know the, the mind is so scattered and full of kind of worry and tension and especially at the moment although obviously we didn't make the record during this lockdown but I think that it comes across in the kind of sonic landscape we were talking about that we were building there's quite a lot of different stuff going on and it's almost like if you could put a kind of wire into someone's head and their brain and kind of allow all those thoughts that are whirring around in your head like worrying about going back over the past and rehashing situations you're in and mistakes Mm. you made and sometimes it's like you have to try and let it out. And I think that, I guess some of the the patchwork kind of element to to the album I feel like is at least my mind just kind of emptying out the inane babble in Jess's head. Yeah, the voices
2: <laughs> in my head. I'm really really happy that you let it out. I really really am. Uh, you've made your best album yet. Uh, You're all's best album yet. Uh, thank you so much for continuing to do what you do, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it today too. All
1: right,
3: thank uh, you, Kyle. Take
2: care. Now the last time I spoke with the Staves, it was uh, over the phone line with uh, with Jess. Jessica, Jessica Stavely-Taylor. As we talked about the trio's a new single at that point, this I think was back in 2017, they had just released Tired As Fuck and had been touring behind uh, their sleeping in a car EP and was on their way to a Louisville show. So I want to include that uh, that interview here as well, part two of Kyle Meredith with The Staves.
4: Hi, I'm good. How are you doing?
2: Uh, we're doing good over here. It's nice to talk to you. How you been?
4: Yeah, I'm all right. I'm I'm um, I'm just having some some breakfast right now.
2: We're, we're excited to have you back. I see the date on here. Um, move to Headliners Music Hall March 6th. Uh, and still, yeah. I, I guess, I mean, are you still touring behind the new EP, the the Sleeping in a Car EP? Is that is that what you call this tour?
4: We're just kind of touring, really. Um, <laughs> we're sort of not doing it in support of a particular release. We're just um, just enjoying having the opportunity to, to tour around the U.S., um, it's slightly unusual because yeah, we don't have a new album, a uh, new record or anything out. Um, we are releasing a a song that's going to come out, I believe, this week. A single um, that's coming out. So we're going to be, and we have a video for that and everything. So we'll get we'll get to play that on the tour. So um, yeah, we're kind of. It's not really supporting anything. It's just supporting
3: our
4: career <laughs> <laughs> as you have um, to do every now and then
2: and although yeah although exactly that, yeah that's interesting though because you, you said it's a bit unusual and that's true because it seems like you guys always have a new release in some way I mean when you look back at the catalog for you know I, guess, I mean I guess you've been doing this now for what eight eight years somewhat semi-officially and everything but there are so mm. many EPs and albums. It, it almost seems like you've always got something going on. And I don't know if that's <laughs> the benefit of working with family or just a solid constitution for work or or what do you attribute that to because that's a bit unusual in itself.
4: Oh. Well, well, thank you. Cuz I always feel that we don't we don't do enough and I'm always paranoid looking at how like prolific other artists are like writing a new album every week like that <laughs> didn't um you know, bright eyes, Connor, mm. Connor over he put out two records in a year or something last year. And Ryan Adams is another one that puts out a record like every six months. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, but no, I guess we have. I guess we have done a, bu- a bunch and we have kept kept busy. I'm not sure if it has got anything to do with being family necessarily. But, um, yeah, I think it's just, I mean, we, we would put our last full length record out in... It came out in the UK in March 2015. I can't remember what the US release date was. I think it was possibly June. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been a good year and a half. And um, I think that we felt that we weren't ready to go into the studio and make another full-length record. So we had these new songs um, that ended up being the Sleeping in a Car EP. And um, we just felt like, well, are there any rules? Are there any reasons that we can't release, you know, like a three track thing. And um, yeah, we just sort of spoke with our label and our manager and they were like, you guys should just release music how you want to release it. Because sometimes if, you know, if if we were to wait and put those three songs on a full length record, then we still wouldn't have released those songs yet because we'd still be waiting for the whole thing to be finished. And Mm -hmm. it can be frustrating sometimes as a band when you sit on material for a long time before it comes out um and it can feel yeah it can feel really frustrating so um it's been really nice to kind of be i don't know not break the rules but sort of not have the standard rules in place with it and sort of put out an ep and we're putting putting out standalone single um this month as i said Hmm. and um yeah and we're just kind of touring wherever they'll have us (laughs) in the u.s and canada at the moment so it's great
2: well what can you tell me about the single i mean i'm is that was that recorded recently, or is that still back from some of the older songs too?
4: It was recorded a few months ago. Um, we recorded it out at April Base, um, which is which is the studios in Wisconsin that we made the last EP and the last record at. The studio owned by Justin Vernon from Bon Iver. Mm-hmm. So it's um, sort of yeah, I guess it's another part of that whole catalog of stuff that we've been doing out there. Um, so it's actually a double A-side single. Um, it's called Tired as Fuck, excuse the, squ- the curse word, um, and, awesome. and then and the other side is called Train Tracks. So um, and the yeah, other I side imagined, is the one
2: I'll be playing, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I imagine um, it's probably not going to get played much on the radio, but we do have a clean version for people to play if we oh, want to. Good. And you can just call it Tired as, I suppose.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that was like the, uh, the um, Jenny Lewis band, uh, which was her side project was named something similar. And
4: we got quite yeah. used
2: to doing that. So, yeah. It's...
4: Um, no, it's weird actually because we met Jenny Lewis this summer. And we did some festivals and ended up like singing with her on a couple of her sets. Um, and um, we're like really big fans of her band and think she's awesome and she's really cool. And we were talking about her band, Nice as Fuck. And we said, we've got a single called. Called Fuck that's coming out, and like we want to just say that we actually wrote the song ages ago, so we're not copying you. <laughs> and she's like,
3: "Oh man, I don't care." She's like, "You can do whatever you want."
4: Because <laughs> we were like, "It's going to look like it's the same," and we wanted to make t-shirts because they've got really cool t-shirts. Mm-hmm. So all those guys just saying like the band name, we wanted to make t-shirts saying the name of our song, but we thought it might just seem a bit too similar. But who knows? We might. But yeah, it's it's probably you know a weird choice to to release, you know, in terms of radio and stuff like that. But it, it just happened to be a song that we recorded. And like I said before, we were kind of sitting on it for a while and it was like, we should just put this song out. What are we going to do? Wait for another year and a half or something until we finished a record. And we're playing it live in the set and we have been doing for a few months. And so we were kind of like, let's just put it out. And we're putting it out on a um, seven inch that you can buy at the shows. And so that's kind of as much thought that went into it. And then we kind of realized like, I don't think anyone's going to play it on the radio. <laughs> but So it can be a nice live thing for people to come to. See.
2: I mean, and, and I'd be curious though, you know, with, with a title like that, with a, a sentiment like that, I mean, is that uh, sort of a literal thing or a, or a bigger picture type of tired?
4: Uh, well, it's a good question. I, I think it's, it's probably a, a bit of both. Uh, yeah. I think it is exactly both of those things. The song's got, I suppose more of a, a rocky kind of edge to it. Like there's a, a load of distorted guitars on there and it's, it's oh. actually quite a fun song.
2: It should and be with a title like that.
4: Yeah. It, it's, it's a kind of fun song, almost kind of like not celebrating it, but kind of admitting defeat in a way and kind of holding your ha- hands up and just being like, all right, well, this is kind of how it is and how I feel. But I think ultimately it's quite a sad message, but it's mm. kind of got quite a, upbeat feeling to the music
2: another one of your songs i would like to know about and it is one of the recent ep the sleeping in a car ep and that's outlaw Mm. which kicks it off Mm -hmm. how does a song like that get built because that's i I mean of course it starts out with just the voices and uh, almost feels like a loop you know like what's the history of that song how does that how did you guys write that
4: um well that was predominantly written by um camilla who's my youngest sister Mm
3: -hmm.
4: and she She's really great at writing, like at making demos on her laptop. And so she she made a a demo at home that had all the kind of basic production things in place. So she really came up with the whole with the whole idea. Um, she just sort of started by layering up a bunch of vocals to create that loop, like you said, that sort of vocal bed, the main thing of the song, I suppose, like kind of the backbone of the whole song. And then she wrote a melody over the top of that. And that was kind of the main theme she had. And then she came up with a, a really nice beat as well. And then it was kind of like, right now I need everyone else's opinions and help. And kind of how do we make this, this bigger in the studio? Um, so it's actually not that that different from her, her, original, um, her original idea. But it was definitely a challenge because it wasn't the kind of based around a guitar and everyone sitting down and singing together. So it was... It was more um, more of a challenge to to build, and it actually took quite a long time. We it was cooking for a while. We'd kind of return to it and add bits to it, and then and then be like, we've put way too much on it now. But it's one that I'm I'm really glad that we've had a lot of really great feedback on that song, and it's it makes me happy because for us we felt we were doing something quite quite different from other things we've done, and there's always a kind of you know, have we lost the plot? Just, does this make sense to anyone else apart from us? But it's, uh, yeah, it's nice that it kind of has made, made sense for everyone, I think.
2: Yeah, was that uh, difficult for you guys to translate into the live show afterward?
4: Yeah, it has been difficult, yeah. <laughs> we um, Camilla uses a vocal loop pedal um, that she's become a bit of a master at, actually. So she she kind of builds the loop up on stage live, and then we all have to concentrate really hard and play in time that loop you work on a recording for months in the studio and then it's like high-fiving each other like yeah we've done it and then you finish and you just think like how are we going to play this live but um, yeah we've we've figured it out we've got we've got a loop pedal and it's actually great because it the three of us you know we sing in three part harmony and that's Mm -hmm. kind of our our sound or whatever that sort of thing we do and it's really fun having the opportunity to have you know infinite number of extra voices join us on stage but it's our own voices multiplied Uh, um that's been a really cool addition to the set having that pedal
2: well i look forward to hearing that um and and whatever you guys are going to play and i look forward to the new song too so uh that's really really exciting yes so, yeah, thank, yeah. thank you, Jess, for uh, for talking today. And again, we'll see you uh, March 6th at Headliners here in Louisville.
4: Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks very much for having me.
2: All right. Take care.
4: You too. Thank all you. Right. Bye. Bye.
2: My thanks to the Staves. Again, the brand new record is called Good Woman. Thanks to you as well for checking out this episode. Before you get out, please do hit that subscribe button again so you can keep up with all of the interviews that we put out here uh, three times a week. Again, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, YouTube for the video versions, or wherever you get your podcasts from. After that, head over to wfpk.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at wfpk.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.
3: I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
2: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org, from Louisville Public Media.